I want to, to say to you at the outset that uh, the, the concept of the tithe or the, the practice of tithing is something you have to see as a revelation. Now we'll read these scriptures to you in a moment. Abraham did not tithe because of a law in the Old Testament. In fact, the Old Testament came 400 years after Abraham started the practice of the tithe. So where did he get the idea to tithe? Directly by revelation. The law then, 400 years later, reinforced that revelation. And then Jesus in his ministry and in the writer of Hebrews reinforced the concept of the tithe as well. Now watch very carefully. When I was growing up, we went to uh, the Lutheran church. And while I received a great moral foundation and received the confirmation, the process of learning to apply basic morality in my life, it's the first place to ever experience the presence of God. I was not born again. I did not experience the new birth until I was 18 years old. So all the time from being baptized as an infant all the way through those years, I never experienced the new birth. I never had the revelation, just like Nicodemus, that I had to be born again. Turn to somebody and tell them, you must be born again. Uh, confirmed? Yes. Church member? Yes. Uh, attached to the grace of God because of the sacrament of, of baptism? Yes. All those things in our mindset, that's the way it was. But the new birth? No, I did not have the revelation of the new birth. And there's a good reason why I never had the revelation of the new birth. The new birth was not preached. Are you here today? But lo and behold, when I began to be exposed to teaching and witnessing on the new birth, it led to that personal encounter with God and experience. The same thing I would say about the experiences we have with the Holy Spirit. Um, if you are a person who is baptized in the Holy Spirit, you appreciate the gifts of the Spirit, you didn't get that because you just fell off a log one day. That's a revelation from the Scriptures. You see something that not everybody sees. And if you don't believe me, just walk around town. And you'll see some people that are very religious and very aloof. They think some of you are nuts. Well, some of you are nuts, but that's beside the point and beyond the sermon. <laughs> but the point is not everybody has that revelation. Um, you know and I know, according to the Word of God, that healing is included in the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It makes us whole. By his stripes we're healed. But not everybody has that revelation. You see what I'm saying to you today? I believe that uh, there are a lot of people with addictions and habits and hang-ups, and some of them get delivered in this life. We believe there is supernatural bondage-breaking power. How many you know the anointing is real? Come on, let me ask you, how many know the anointing is real? It's the burden removing, yoke destroying, power of God, and we don't have to live with chains and bondages and addictions and habits and hang-ups in our life. God is a deliverer. But not everybody has that revelation. Say it with me. Revelation. revelation. Say it again. Revelation. revelation. One of the most powerful revelations you'll ever have. Personal understanding of the Word of God. Personal to you by the Spirit of God. One of the most powerful ones you'll ever have is on the goodness of God. He is not your problem. He is your solution. He is what? He is a good God. But have you noticed not everybody has that revelation? If something happens, God's the last one to get praised and the first one to blame. 
Well, God will do what he wants to do. Squash you like a bug if he wants to because he's having a bad day. Let me tell you something. Once you understand the nature of your God is good, you have great faith and confidence that one way or the other, he's going to bring you out of this thing. Say with me, I'm coming out in victory. But not everybody has that what? It's not just, somebody can hear you tell them that God is good all the time. You can hear a thousand people confess to you. You can say God is good and they can just clap back all the time and not have a clue what that means. Because they don't have revelation. A lot of people know that uh, we're saved, but they walk around defeated in condemnation all the days of their life. They walk around in shame and guilt and oppression. They don't have a revelation called righteousness. That he took your sin and gave you his righteousness. You have right standing with God. In fact, because it's his righteousness, you're just as righteous as Jesus is because there's no other righteousness that you can have. Now, notice I said righteous. There's a difference between righteousness and you live in the holy life. Holiness is applied righteousness. But my point is, a lot of people go their whole Christian lives thinking they're just a weak worm of the dust, a black-hearted sinner, lowest thing on the totem pole, no good, going to get to heaven one day, but that's about it. Why? They don't have revelation. Now here's the deal. You must be born again to get to heaven, but you don't have to have a revelation on deliverance or healing or righteousness. You don't have to have a revelation on the things of the Spirit, and you'll still go to heaven if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord. But here's my point. By not having that revelation on these different items and so many more things He's blessed us with, we live far below our privileges and far below the level that God would have us live. And my friends, the tithe is in the same category. You can hear preachers belt this out till the cows come home. But until you get a personal revelation of the tithe, not law, not compulsion, not people guilting you, not people manipulating you, it's not what it's about. We don't have a finance committee that gives you little envelopes and goes to your door asking for your money. This is about the Word of God and either getting revelation and acting on it or just not having it and living in a way that's less than what you could. So what I'm saying to you is it all starts with a revelation. And my point is, if you preach the new birth, people will get a revelation on the new birth. If you preach healing, people will get a revelation on healing. If you preach righteousness, people will get a revelation on righteousness. If you preach about the Holy Ghost, somebody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. You will get people with a revelation of the Holy Ghost. If you preach on the goodness of God, people will get a revelation of the goodness of God. And if you preach on the tithe, people will get a revelation of the tithe. But preachers all over the world are spooked and it's scared to preach on something that, listen to me, is actually very life-changing. Once you understand the benefits that are ascribed to the person with a revelation of tithing, you say to yourself, I can't believe I didn't have this revelation or I can't believe I didn't yield to it you know, sooner. You can't yield to something you don't have a revelation of. So my, my real heart cry and prayer is that you know, I eventually got it. I didn't, you know, have this understanding. Just like everybody else, you grow into these things. But you know what? I pray that you do get this revelation because it literally is life changing for you and for me. Hallelujah. Uh, that was like the pregame show. Not the first quarter. Amen. <laughs> so I want you to first of all see it is a revelation. Everybody pray this out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, give me a revelation of the tithe, like Father Abraham had a revelation. 
There was no scroll. There was no book. There was no writing in the sky. God himself revealed this to Abraham. And you say, well, where did it actually start? I want you to go over to Genesis for just a moment in chapter 4. And I'm not going to do a lot of commentary on this. I just want you to let the Word speak for itself as a foundation. In uh, chapter 4 of Genesis, the first thing you find out is uh, Adam and Eve are procreating. And the very next story, I mean, think about this, how fast this principle of honoring God with your substance comes. Now, Abel kept flocks and Cain uh, worked the soil. And in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering. Say that with me, some of the fruits of the soil. Can you get the tense of that, the flavor of that? Can you get the attitude of that scripture? Just, Just pack up something and just throw it at God. Watch this. Cain brought some of the first fruits of the some of the fruits of the, of the uh, soil as an offering to the Lord, but Abel brought what? Fat portions from some of the firstborn of the flock. And the scripture says what? God looked upon favor with Abel's offering, but not with Cain. Do you realize the first person was murdered in the history of mankind over a tithe? I can't believe that, Pastor. Well, you hang around the church long enough, you'll see some people mad over the tithe just like that. <laughs> There's a reason. There's great emotion attached to this. But I want you to see from the very beginning, you say, well, what about Adam and Eve's tithe? Many believe, and I do too, that the tree in the center of the garden was the tithe. And they were to have anything else and enjoy everything else, but that tree in the middle belonged to God. So a lot of people like me believe that sin entered in over a tithe issue and the first generation, the the firstborn, and the kids that were coming from that marriage, one was killed over the principle of the tithe, which, of course, the law hadn't been given yet. Look, and somebody say, this is not about law. It's not legalism. Somebody tells you that tithing is under the law, they are flat wrong. It's not about the law. It's about revelation. Do you see this? If you go from that scripture over to Genesis 14, you get to see how this played out in Abram's life. Say, I'm teachable. I'm pliable. I'm ready for this revelation. Why do I say it's necessary to have a revelation, not just issue this as a directive of God and then, and then uh, you know, just expect people to, to respond like in a, in a command with obedience. That's perfectly fine to understand it that way. But do you know that what you don't have revelation on, you won't keep very long? It's not going to happen. I mean, you know, this is the last week or two, you'll get excited, and boom, that's going to be the end of it. But if it's revelation, it's going to stick with you all the days of your life. Now, at the outset, let me say this to you, because sometimes pastors get misquoted. Let me say that again. Sometimes... Pastors get misquoted. And you walk out of here and say something goofy like, you know, the pastor said, uh, if you don't tithe, you can't come to Hope Harbor. We have a lot of people that come here that don't listen to me about the new birth. Right. <laughs> you don't have to be saved to come here. You don't have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost to come here. You don't have to be uh, have a revelation of righteousness to come here. You don't have a revelation of goodness to come here. You don't have to have a revelation, you know, of, of how you're part of the priesthood and part of the body. You're supposed to be a minister of the gospel to be here. If you're not here, you're not going to receive the revelation. That's right. Now, you can't go to heaven unless you tithe. Right. 
That was a joke, brother. <laughs> Jay. <laughs> but, but it's funny how quickly a lot of you look at me and go, I think he's serious about that. You can't get into heaven unless you tithe. So no, it's not about you, gotta, you can't go to Hope Harbor or any other church because you don't tithe. This is a matter of revelation. Everybody doesn't get to the same place at the same time. But I thank God I've gotten there. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And God can explain to you this. Now, 400 years before the law, uh, Genesis chapter 14, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. These are covenant emblems and symbols. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed to be Abram by God Most High, uh, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed to be God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Now watch this. Then Abram gave him a tenth of what? Watch this. No law, no directive, no scroll, no pussy preacher, just God, his representative, and a man who gave him a tenth of everything. Now watch this. Fundamentally, we don't tithe so that God will bless us. We tithe because we're blessed. Amen. He didn't tithe and then get the blessing. The priest blessed him, and then what did he do? Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to respond to that. With great joy and a great benevolent giving heart, I'm going I'm to respond to my God because of this revelation. It's outstanding. Now, let me ask you a question. If Abraham had it 400 years before the law... And then over in chapter 28, Jacob says, Lord, if you will take care of me and you will guide me and direct me, that you know what, all the days of my life is, is basically a perpetual you know, you know, commitment to you, we will always tithe. Even Jacob, his grandson, had the same conviction. Without a piece of the wall, without a scroll, without anything written on the wall, he got the same revelation that his grandfather had, and his grandfather got it directly from God. Turn to somebody and tell them it's a revelation. It's not about the law. The question is, does, does Jesus seem to encourage this? Now, I could turn to Malachi 3, but how many of you ever heard Malachi 3 before? Bring the whole tithe in the storehouse and see what? Prove me in this, says the Lord, if I will not what? Open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so much you can't contain. Do you see this? Yes, there is that uh, transactional aspect of it, and the prophets are reinforcing the revelation that Abraham had. The law came later, and yes, backs up the revelation, but it's not the other way around. It's not law and then revelation. It is revelation, and then the Jews began to accept this. And to this present day, you will find out in the Jewish communities all over the world, they just do what their father Abraham did, and you know what happens? They get what their father Abraham got. And in the West, we are so poor mouthing and really more about pouring revelation that we, we fight things. And I ask you this question if Abraham could get it 400 years of the law and then his grandson can get it and it's reinforced by the prophets and the law, isn't it about time the American church got the revelation? It's 2021. It's a long time after Abraham walked this earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Go over to Matthew 23. Hallelujah. Look at somebody say, I'm so excited, I'm going to get up and do the Juliana dance. 
Yes, I am. Matthew 23, verse 23. The question is, what does Jesus say about the revelation of the tithe that Abraham received that was later encoded into the law and reinforced by prophets like Malachi? What does Jesus say? I mean, know what Jesus says matters. If you're going to be a believer, then what Jesus says has to matter to you. Come on, church, talk to me. If you're going to be a Christian, then what he says should matter to you above all voices. And this is what he says in verse 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. Oh, Jesus right there is denouncing the tithe. No. Look at somebody and tell them to continue reading. That was weak. Let's all say it again. Continue reading. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting what? The former. You blind guys, you strain at a gnat and you swallow a camel. Now, the sum of what he said is, you should be tithing, but you should also be practicing the weightier principles of the word, like justice and mercy. Everybody say justice. justice. Mercy. mercy. Say again, justice. justice. Mercy. mercy. Say again, justice. justice. Mercy. mercy. And tithing. Now, I hope that you, by now, have a revelation of God's mercy. How many know that you and I are not getting what we deserve? Come on, raise your hand and say, thank God, I'm not getting what I deserve. It came down into my life, reached into my life, alleviated the distress that mostly I cause. Other people can cause us distress as well, but most of it's because of our own situations. And God has given us a revelation that he's not mad at us, that he paid through his son's sacrifice, the penalty for sin, for death, for hell, and the grave. And thank God for that. Here's what the New Testament church needs. If you're going to go to the next level, if the body of Christ is going to go to the next level in this country, we're going to have to have at least the level of revelation we have for mercy. We have to have that revelation for tithing. Amen. And not just receiving mercy, but a revelation of what? Giving it. Another sticking point in the body of Christ, we love mercy for ourselves, but when somebody hurts us, offends us, stabs us in the back, runs all over us, you know what, we're very reticent to say, I'm not sure they deserve mercy. Be careful saying something like that even in your head, because if they don't deserve it, you don't deserve it. But the revelation on tithing needs to be at least equal to the other principles of the Word of God. Do you see this? Go to uh, Hebrews 7 and remind yourself, again, what Jesus says, what the apostles who received their teaching from Jesus say. Um, Very, very important you get a hold of this. And I want you to... We won't read all this, but Hebrews chapter uh, 7. Say, I'm a reader. I'm a a studier. I'm I'm teachable. teachable. 
Hebrews gives a, a real simple, basic introduction to who this Melchizedek is and who he really is to you and to me. Verse 1, this Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God Most High. He met Abraham um, returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him what? A tenth of everything. First, his name means king of righteousness. Then, king of Salem means king of peace. Without father and mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or ending of, uh, or, or end of life, like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Now, look at somebody and go ding, ding, ding. We start to get an understanding that this is a theophany of our Lord and our Savior. Who did Abraham tithe to? Melchizedek. Watch this. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now, what's important to understand, and I encourage you to read the rest of this chapter, is that we have a high priest. And I mean, no, he's the best. Amen? He atoned for our sin himself, and he ministers to us his grace and his mercy and his peace and his righteousness and his power and his deliverance and his healing. He is the greatest minister anywhere in the universe. He is the high priest. You may have written a check or gone online. Thank God for all the opportunities and ways we can give, especially with what we've been through with COVID. Everybody say, thank God. But the bottom line is, however you're doing it, if you're a believer and you're tithing according to the Word of God, you're actually tithing to the high priest. It's his directive. Now watch this. The revelation that Abraham had 400 years before the law, which is foreshadowed in the deal with Abel and Cain, his brother Cain, that Jacob promised to do through all generations, that Jesus rebuked the Pharisees because they shouldn't be practicing the tithe without the justice and the mercy, but they should be practicing it with the justice and the mercy. That same scripture, that same word tells us in Hebrews 7 who we're actually tithing to. Everybody say, thank God for Jesus. Hallelujah. Say with me. Thank God God. for the Lord. This is the basic foundation of understanding and asking God to give us a revelation that tithing is not some command under the law that's passed away. Tithing is a revelation direct from God that was 400 years before the law and exists to this present day. Revelation doesn't pass away. Amen. Amen. In fact, to be a tither and a giver is to be like the Father Himself. The Scripture says, "For God so loved the world that He took, or that He what? He gave." Amen. I look at somebody and tell them that was the first quarter. Well, Pastor, when I'm watching a football game, do I get a potty break or something like that? I get some snacks. <laughs> you can do that tonight. Hallelujah. The reason this revelation is so important, not just a command or a law or a pushy preacher, there is a supernatural power and anointing on the tithe itself that makes you unstoppable. When is it released? It's released when you line up with it. 
to have a revelation that when I tithe, I'm honoring God, of course, I'm loving God, but there's also a supernatural power released because of that covenant partnership between God and his people. That's where the teaching that there are rights for tithers, that's where it comes from. And if we have time, we'll enumerate that. If not, I'll just listen to them briefly for you. But listen to me, the, the rights of a tither are very, very powerful. So watch this. You don't have to be healed to go to heaven. You don't have to understand you're righteous to go to heaven. You don't have to understand much about the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. You don't have to embrace his deliverance to go to heaven. You don't have to have a revelation of the tithe. But listen, you are living far below the way God designed you to live. That's the point. Not you can't go to church or you can't go to heaven because you don't have this revelation and don't practice that revelation. But I'm just simply trying to tell you, you're missing out on something truly beautiful and wonderful. To seek God time and time again come through. To seek God do miracles in your supply, in your finances, in your household. No matter what's going on, you should never fear COVID or war or disease or famine or what's going on anywhere because you're in partnership with your almighty God. And that by revelation. It's an exciting way to live. So what I want to do today is emphasize this as a revelation. Amen? And if you'll just meditate on these scriptures, Genesis 4, Genesis 14, Genesis 28, listen to me carefully, Matthew 23, 23, and Hebrews 7. You meditate on those scriptures and that revelation will come to you. It'll just shove all that religion right out of your life. And I'm preaching better than you are staring at me right now. Hallelujah. Come on, do you have your dance? <laughs> I'm about to get Juliana out of the nursery just so she can demonstrate the happy dance for you. So knowing this as a child of God and understanding these things, what does it say if I'm not tithing, or I'm not going to tithe, or what does it say if I am not lining up with that? Well, write these down. First of all, it indicates ignorance, not stupidity. Enormous difference between ignorance and stupidity. We use it as a slang term now. Well, that person is just ignorant. We kind of think that's just another word for stupid. No, no. Ignorant is without knowledge. That's what it literally means. And you may have never even heard anything like this before. And that's okay. That's why we come to church. That's why we have anointed teachers and preachers of the Word of God. Because we're not expected to have everything figured out. But as we grow, our knowledge should be there. I have some good news for you. Since you were here today, you're no longer ignorant. Well, what did your preacher say today? He said, I'm no longer ignorant. Come on, say, I am not ignorant without knowledge about the power and the revelation of the tithe. But you know, that lack of knowledge of that revelation, it blocks people from living God's best on the earth. So, you know, I, uh, I've always had a very pragmatic view, a very simple view of, of what my call and responsibility is as a pastor teacher. Um, if I have somebody that's in the church and, and, and every Sunday morning there's somebody there that's not right with God, you have to understand this is the dynamic of the way things are. We preach the gospel, we lead people in the sinner's prayer, we believe they're repenting and getting right with God. But if we don't preach the new birth, that is pastoral malpractice. 
And listen to me. It just doesn't affect somebody on earth. If, you, if somebody messes up your body on earth through medical malpractice, that is temporal. But if we don't do our job, people go to hell, and that is forever. Do you see this? But every, every benefit of the cross, he paid for. Do you know that every addiction, every bondage, every habit, every hurt, every sickness, every disease, all of poverty and famine, every virus, everything he bore on that cross simultaneously. How dare we as preachers not tell the people the truth of what he did for them? It is my practice for us not to tell you and share with you he's a healer. He's a deliverer. He made you righteous. He is good. He has a plan Amen. For your life, to prosper, plan to give you a future and a hope. That's what the word says. And through this agency of revelation of the tithe, the plan to increase you, not naturally, but supernaturally. That when you do have income and you tithe, it releases this power, this anointing in your life. We are blessed people. Amen. 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 Say, I am not ignorant. Now you should take those scriptures and, and meditate them uh, all the more because, you know, faith comes by what? Yeah. Hearing in what? Yeah. Hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. Write this second one down. What does it say? What does it indicate? It indicates fear. F-E-A-R, fear. These are not going to apply to everybody, but oftentimes when people don't tie, they're just afraid to. The devil says they're not going to have enough. But if you will do what Malachi 3 says, you'll find out that God will not let you down. God is not going to lead you through his word and by revelation to be a tither. And then you tithe on your income, even though in your head everything and on paper it doesn't add up. God is not going to let that prove him a liar. It's his integrity that's on the line. And I could go around this building and ask you for stories where you tithe in the natural, it did not make sense, and God came through for you. Big stories, little stories, everything in between. Fear, though, will stop this working revelation in your life. Come on, say it. I don't have a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Number three is unbelief. It indicates unbelief. There are some that just don't believe tithing is the revelation of God. And that could be something you just don't believe. Or you don't believe there's any benefit or impact to your life. When there is great impact and benefit to your life. Number four is idolatry. It indicates idolatry. The fastest way to prove something's not an idol to you is to give it away. God spoke to that preacher that Todd referred to, and Jesus talked to the rich young ruler and told him to do that very thing. Why? Because money was clearly an idol in his life. He kept the law. He was lined up by the law, but he didn't have a revelation on the tithe necessarily in terms of when Jesus expanded that to the command to liquidate, give everything you have to the poor and come follow me. That's where he stumbled. Why? Because it was something that was in, in between him and God. It was an idol. 
I'll tell you what, you find out real quickly if that 10% is an idol to you when you're able to give it to God in his name. Imagine letting God's increase stop up in your life over a 10% idol. Mm -hmm. Materialism is idolatry's first cousin. And all that means is the attempt to fulfill the spiritual need with something material. Money, goods, houses, land, jobs, accounts, invest, whatever it is. When you think that is going to meet your spiritual need, the wonderful thing about God is you have a relationship with Him. You prosper, the Bible says, as your soul prospers. That's the first step. We don't have to play that game because we're right with God, aren't we, church? He meets all our needs, not just material needs. Amen? Greed, like materialism, is a form of idolatry. And greed is at the root of why some people don't honor God as they should, according to Scripture. They're just greedy. Now, no one's going to raise their hand and say, Pastor, that's right, I'm greedy. You may not even have that revelation that you are, but the fact is, if you're, if you're not doing this, idolatry could be at the root of this thing. And what are we supposed to do with idols in our lives, church? Tear them down. Do what Elijah did. Get rid of those idols. Just tear them up and get rid of them. Number five, selfishness. It could indicate selfishness. Glory to God. What do I mean? They just don't have a sense of responsibility for others. I'm a you know, enjoy the things and the fruit of the ministry and the fellowship and the teaching. And, and I'll tell you what, from stem to stern, from the babies through every level of this church, you have really solid teaching in this church. People who love the Word of God and they, they, they break it, you know, the bread of life with integrity. And, you know, you have to understand that, you know, those other people, you know, they can take responsibility for the lights being turned on. And they can take responsibility, you know, for whatever a church has, a rent or a mortgage or, or an insurance. Whatever. They can take care of that. Somebody else can take care of the practical needs of the ministry and the resources that are necessary to run a ministry. That's, that's, that's not for me. That's just nothing but selfishness. Can it manifest in various ways? Yeah. Uh, can I help you out here? Say this to me, Pastor. Please help me out. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you asked me to, because I'd be happy to. If you're part of a fellowship, part of a church, you just don't tithe when you attend services. If I'm out for COVID, or I'm out for sicknesses, or I'm out for whatever reason, that does not mean the, the revelation of tithing suddenly is paused. Could you hold that revelation, Lord? Okay. I kind of feel like I just ripped off a scab there. <laughs> Say it with me. The revelation, the revelation. is true, true. Regardless. regardless. And there can be just a little bit of self-consciousness and a little bit of selfishness in that mentality. Oh, Pastor, I can't believe you say those things. Aren't you afraid you're going to insult somebody? I insult somebody every time I open up my mouth. It's my spiritual gift. Not on purpose. It's just help me understand the word itself is a high standard to live by. It's nothing personal. It's nothing personal. 
It's not personal. It's just business. <laughs> Kingdom business. But if you don't start tithing, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> That's how that, that selfishness can manifest. You just have to be honest with God and say, Lord, I want to I want to walk in this revelation. That's why a revelation is necessary. Is Jesus my Lord if I'm not in church for three weeks? Is Jesus my high priest even if I'm not in church for a month? What if we're out for six months with COVID? Is Jesus still my Lord? Then he's still the receiver of the tithe. It's what? It's revelation. That's why we can't just preach it, people. Do this, do that. If you don't have revelation on this, it's not going to happen. Jesus is my high priest and my Lord 24 hours a day. So for whatever reason, we might be out. We have to understand that he's still the high priest and his ministry marches on. And we should care that our little kids have the best. Can I have a better amen than that? And our youth have everything they need. When I first came to this church, uh, fundraising was for everything. If the children's ministry needed something, well, they just thought they had to raise the money. And I don't know how in the world they got this idea, but I gave them a very powerful revelation. I said, the general fund is supposed to pay for the ministries of the church, not your chicken dinner, not your bake sale. How you know God has a much better way to fund ministry than in our wildest imagination. You see this? And we think that they deserve the best. Now, we went and renovated that building over there. I had no idea the Lord was going to come up behind us and say, now open up a daycare. Because if he would said open up a daycare, I mean, if he said renovate the building to open up a daycare, I would have said to somebody, get thee behind me. <laughs> but now I realize now that, that God wanted a great facility for our kids, for after school and for our daycare, which, praise the Lord, is officially licensed. Praise God. Hallelujah forevermore. Thank God for that. Uh, look at somebody and say, get a revelation. Don't be selfish. Number six. This is really at the heart of what we say when we don't tithe. Dishonor. Rejection of the tithe is a rejection of the object of our tithing. This is why I call it the key factor to our supernatural increase. With Cain, he didn't understand it was an honor issue. Do you see this? And today that same thing can slip into our lives if we don't, if we don't watch it. Uh, in other words, our greatest motive for what we do as the tither, the revelation that you should have is that we do what we do out of honor and thanks and praise you know, and love for God. I tithe because I love God. Honor is to give the greatest weight to God because you reverence, respect, you adore Him, and you follow it up with that same revelation. How many understand if we claim Abraham, He's the father of faith, and we're faith people too, then we should act just like Abraham, but with greater revelation than He ever had. Because we have one thing Abraham didn't have. that plainly states that Abraham's revelation is the word of God. It is true. 
Listen very carefully to this phrase. I believe that the Lord just dropped it into my spirit to, to encourage you today along this line of revelation. Tithing is a lifelong expression of gratitude and appreciation for the eternal grace and goodness of God. Tithing is a lifelong, say lifelong, expression of gratitude and appreciation for what? The eternal grace and goodness of God. We're thanking Him every time we tithe, Lord, for what you're doing now, but what you're doing for all eternity. I'm forgiven for all eternity. I have a heavenly home for all eternity. Glory to God. Every time you do, honor, love, gratitude, appreciation. I don't know how his system works on the other side, but I can tell you this is the system on this side. And every time we write that check or hit that button on a, on a cell phone or on a computer, whatever it is we do, or walk it in physically, whatever it is we're doing, when we tithe, we are loving and honoring him, expressing gratitude and thanks for not just his temporary goodness, but his eternal goodness and grace in our lives. Come on, shout it out. He's a great God. Say, he loves me. God loves me. Come on, say, God loves me. And I love him back. Every time you do it, but if you just relegate to, to nickels and quarters and dimes and checks and transactions, you miss the whole point. How could I ever tithe enough to even begin to scratch the surface of what he has done for me? If I gave him 100% of everything throughout my entire life, it wouldn't scratch the surface. That's not what the revelation is. The revelation is, you know what? This portion and anything I would lead you to sow, this tithe, I see your honor. Wish you could see it from God's perspective. Boy, that Abraham, he loves me. Look at Jacob, he sure does love me. He can say the same thing about you, who through thick and thin, you've been faithful to God, and he can say the same, boy, they sure do love me. You're not buying his love, he already gave it. You're not buying the blessing, he already gave it. Hallelujah. Number seven is close to number five, it's called self-sufficiency, and that's that attitude that I... I just don't need God. So why would I need to tithe? Again, it's revelation. I can assure you this, you do need God. In the crazy world we're in right now, we need supernatural help. More than ever, we need God working in our daily lives. And the promise is that he does. I don't need God. I can do it all on my own. So why should I tithe? good friend of mine was an officer in the military. In fact, he still is. And he would tell me in ministering to officers in the military, it's real difficult to reach a lot of them, depending on how they were raised. And there's a great move of God going on in several branches right now. So I don't want you to think that God's not doing something in our military. He is. But he would say in his ministry, he run into officers all the time and they have a great health program, and they've got a decent salary, and they've got a great retirement program. You know, because of Ronald Reagan and a few others, the, the military began to actually get, start to get what they deserve. I think they can go further, especially on the VA side of it. That's another sermon, Pastor, stay on track. But a long way from where it used to be. 
And they got everything fixed, you know. If they have a need, they go over here, you know. If they're in Fort Campbell, they go over to the Army Hospital, you know. If they're, they're out in the field or overseas, their wife has something, they can take care of them. It's wonderful, really. But the problem is they just don't see a need for what? For God. But you know where it changes? If they're in the middle of a firefight in the foreign field. Can I tell you this? The revelation of the tithe recognizes God when there's peace in God when everything breaks out against you. Amen? Self-sufficiency. Why would I tithe? I don't need God. By revelation, you'll find out you need more God than you've ever needed in your entire life. You need his help in your life. Say it with me. I need God. I need more of God. Hallelujah. So what does it say when we don't tithe? Well, it indicates ignorance or fear or unbelief, idolatry, selfishness, dishonor, or self-sufficiency. Amen. Glory to God. It's a revelation, not a law. Amen. Say, I confess, I have this revelation in Jesus' name. Come on, say it. I confess. I have this revelation. The first then dime belongs to God. I honor Him. I love Him. I thank Him. I give Him gratitude for the eternal goodness and grace in my life. 